This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage bomb, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing well, Mark. I'm doing well. Yeah, we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock on WPHD Talk Radio 1210. We are the only real estate show in the Philly market. So if you want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial real estate, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week just to keep you informed because the media does not talk about this booming real estate market, but we do. And you can listen to this show and the past shows at our webpage, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yeah. Of course, we have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? I'm going to do a step-by-step guide to the home buying process. All right. Very good. I know you can't wait. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Mark, we also um, are honored today to have our guest, Evan Bowles, and he's here from Progress Capital. He's going to talk about construction loans, bridge loans, um, and tell us the best way to handle our multifamily investments. Very good. We also have our questions. The first one is, if you make an offer on a house and the owner comes back with a counter and you'd agree to it, can the owner still change his mind and sell it to someone else? <laughs> hate when that happens. Next question is, can you negotiate the price of a bank-owned home? Next one is, where can I find a real estate agent code of ethics? And is there such a thing? Yeah, Do you mean literally or written? <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> yeah. I got a few of them debates going on with some uh, people about that. <laughs> All right. Last question. Can a broker sign an exclusive buyer's representation agreement with a buyer when the broker is representing the seller as a dual agent? Isn't that a conflict of interest? Not for me. <laughs> Mark, we have our topic of the day today, which is the 80-20 rule, and it's not a math problem. I figured I'd revisit this for 22. 
Yep, good idea. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, real persons smile in trouble, gather strength from distress, and grow brave by reflection. So no matter what happens in your life, you got to keep going forward. That's why the windshield is so big and the rear view mirror is so small. And Mark, do you want to do you want to make the dedication now or you want to wait till the end? Yeah, we've worked, we lost a very, very close friend, a business partner of mine for 19 years and a friend of Deanne's, Anna Green, a great lady. True class. Act. I always called her Mrs. Helpful. She always helped <laughs> she everybody. She, she owned her own company, Relink, which was a sponsor on our show. And I just want to say to the Green family how much we feel for them. She's such a great loss. She touched so many people. And uh, we're all in it's shock still of her passing. still unbelievable. Yeah, I just can't even get my arms around it. But it's a shame. But Anna was so great. I've been dealing with Anna since 2003. Yep, so... That's how long we've so been So we're going to dedicate this show to her. Um, Anna, I started the radio with Anna. Um, well... The three of us were on together, yeah. so that's how this all started. Yep. But yep. Um, just wanted to send out our condolences to the family, and she will be greatly missed. Greatly missed. All right, so Mark, yeah, we all are right. up. We're, so we are we up at? to the market report. All right, so there is Frank's bell. So for the first time since Redfin began recording real estate stuff back in 2012, nationwide listings fell below 500,000 to 482,000 during the four-week period that ended January 2nd. According to that report released on Thursday, that is a 27% decrease from a prior year. This seller's market is, we've been in it for what, four years now? And now it's worse than ever. In addition to the number of newly listed homes for sales fell 10% year over year. And we're kicking off another year with a whole lot of buyers. This home search has been going on for months. They're eager as ever. And, you know, it's setting the stage for 22 housing markets. It's going to be closely watching whether prices climb like they've been doing and are still are doing or whether they're going to start to get off the high and and some of the stagnation in the in the uh inventory and we're going to also have to see what happens with the rates but during this time period the median home sales price rose 14 percent year over year we're now up to 358,460 we started the show 13 years ago i think it was about two and a quarter yeah, and the median asking price for a newly listed home increased twelve percent to three forty one two hundred in just over a short period of time, and now we're up. And the percentage of homes sold also increased forty one. Uh, the percentage of homes that sold above the price to forty one to thirty three percent. However, the percentage of homes seeing price decreases also cr- increased two point four percent, which is not much overall. The average sale to list price ratio was 100.3%. So almost everybody's getting full price. Best time ever to sell. And this high demand thing is going to continue. I don't see anything changing really fast. And offers are still 
40% had their offers accepted within the first two weeks on the market. Home buyers do have some reason to be optimistic as we head into this spring. Agents are expecting more listings. I was but just going to say, the phone unless they get start, out there, it's not happening. Unless they get on the phone and start talking to these people, they the public does not know what's going on. So uh, I'm not seeing any drastic change in the next six months. But hopefully some things will change and we'll get a little more inventory and make life easier for people while the rates are still relatively low. So Speaking what about of the rates? the rates, we're looking at your 30-year conventional at 3%. Your 15-year fixed mark is 2.35%. Your FHA, 3%. And your ARM, which is 2.5%. But again, no one should be in an ARM at this point. So it's still not too late to refinance. If you're looking at your mortgage statement and it has 3.5% or more, you need to give me a call at 609-605-7153. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time, and it's being very tough this week to be all positive all the time. You're doing great. With the passing of Anna Green, my friend. So with that, we'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hey, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So... This company, they're feeling like it's time for a shakeup. So they hire this new CEO. So this new guy comes in. He, he just has it in his head. He's going to rid the company of all the slackers. And he tours the facility, the real estate office. And he notices some guy leaning against the wall. And the room's full of uh, agents. And they're all doing things. He thinks it's this chance to show everybody he means business. So he walks up to the guy and he goes, how much money do you make a week? And on doing it, the young fellow looks at him. He goes, I only make about 200 a week. Why? The CEO hands the guy 200 in cash and screams, here's your 200 bucks. Now get out and don't come back. And he feels pretty good about his first firing. See, he looks around the room. All the realtors are standing there. They go, anyone know what that slacker did? And one of the realtors uncontrollable grin, he goes, well, he's, he's one of the other workers, but actually he was the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, so they didn't impress too many people with that move. No, nah, I don't think so. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. So now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katz-Cyrus from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic today is a step-by-step guide to the buying process. So tell me how this is going to work. So I know there's not enough time to go through everything. So we'll do this. I might have to do this in a segment. But this um, was just actually my blog post as well. And it's a step-by-step guide to the home buying process. So although the experience of owning your first home, we all know that it can be fulfilling and exciting. But the actual financing and buying process can be quite overwhelming. And that goes all the way down from choosing the right neighborhood for your lifestyle to reviewing your financing options. There's a lot of important important decisions that you need to make to buy a home. So by understanding the actual home buying process 
and that the financing options that are available for you, it can bring you some peace of mind while helping you make a great informed decision. There's many advantages, Mark, to homeownership, such as, you know, we know about the tax benefits. We know that we're building wealth. Yep. And, and we're also securing financial stability. And as a homeowner, you can deduct your monthly mortgage interest, your property taxes, and you can do that on your income tax. Now, certain costs that are incurred during the purchase of a home, they may also be tax deductible. But just make sure to save all of your closing documents as you will need them throughout the process and also in the future. And it's it's best to contact a tax professional to receive more detailed information on what those documents um, or I'm sorry, what those deductions may actually be. So keeping in mind, I'm not giving accounting advice. You definitely want to reach out a tax professional, but owning the home can help you build wealth in two ways. Okay. Not only in growth and in equity, but also in appreciation. The growth in equity happens as you pay down your mortgage, a certain percentage of each mortgage payment goes towards a reduction in the total amount owed. So typically Payments in the first few years of the mortgage are primarily applied to the interest on the loans. And as time passes, more and more of each payment is applied to the outstanding loan amount and the equity in your house increases. Now, with the interest rates being so low now, more of that is going towards principal and less is going towards interest. Appreciation is when the value of the home builds over time. And historically, real estate market values tend to grow over time. Also, when you update existing features in the home, such as remodeling your home, can also increase the value. And we talked about that. The kitchen, adding a bedroom, redoing a bathroom, that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck as far as growing the equity. As a homeowner, you gain more financial stability over the years of owning the home. With the fixed interest rates, loan payments remain stable year after year, as opposed to the rent payments. What happens to the rent payments? They go up and they can increase year after year. Since our salaries generally rise over time, the fact that the mortgage payments remain steady over time can help you manage, plan, and grow your wealth. Once you've made the decision to buy a home, you may ask yourself, what should I do first? And the home buying process begins by finding out how much you can actually get approved for I've gone over this many, many times, and, and this means that you're going to meet with me, review your financial documentation to find out how much you can actually qualify for. And once you find out how much you qualify for, you can actually begin to go out shopping, find a house that you like, make an offer, and then you'd be able to close. So keeping in mind that you absolutely want to get the pre-approval done first before you start shopping. The home buying process is simple and it basically occurs in this order. One, we're going to collect your financial records. We're going to ask for your financial stability, your credit worthiness, and determine your ability to repay the loan. These items will cover your job, your job history, income, and also your assets. When we're evaluating your future housing expenses, it's important to take into consideration the entire housing expense, not just the mortgage payment. So we use what's called the pity calculation, which is your principal, your interest, your taxes, your insurance to determine the total monthly housing expense. But you also have to keep in mind that a lot of places might have an HOA, homeowners association fees. 
And that also has to be added into the calculation. We also go by your debt to income ratio um, when evaluating your ability to repay the loan. We're going to calculate your debt to income ratio. It's also known as your DTI. And it's the total minimum monthly debt, like your mortgage payment, your credit cards, your student loans, your car payment. And we divide it by your gross monthly income. The lower your debt to income, the higher the likelihood of getting the home loan terms that you actually want. Credit score is generated by a credit report by going through the credit report agency. And it's calculated from several pieces of data in your credit report. Both positive and negative information is considered in the calculation. So not only do we take in consideration your payment history, but we take in the amounts that you owe, the length of your credit history, and the different types of credit, whether it's installment, revolving. And the higher the score, the better loan rates you are likely to get. Yep. And, 40, four, and 48% of Philly rents, and a lot of people could probably buy if they just knew this. Well, a lot of people don't know what their credit is. I mean, just over the holidays, we've I've had a lot of people where they their goal for 2022 was home ownership, and they didn't want to talk to me for another six months because they wanted to work on their credit. And one of the things that I had mentioned to them was, let me work on your credit. Let me take care of what's on the credit. Let's get an accurate place to start. Let's run the credit. Let's see where you are. And then I can tell you how to build from there, whether it's going to be paying down credit cards or maybe even obtaining more credit. So those are the things that we can take a look at through this process. If you have any... Like we had Drew Smith on the show last week with a name like Smith. There's probably a ton (laughs) of stuff on your credits, not even you. Right. Right. And that's one of the advantages is that we can go through it line by line. Understanding your credit is not only going to help you with the home purchase, but it also helps you when getting homeowners insurance, getting car insurance. Um, I even tell people before you get engaged, find out what what their FICO score is. You got to know what you're (laughs) signing up for. (laughs) That's right. Discum too. (laughs) And discum. Huge. Yep. You want to get their disc and you also want to get their credit score. But if you have any questions on part one, um, feel free to reach out to me. You can also go to my website, which is mortgagemom.net. There's a lot of valuable information on there. And you can also give me a call at 609-605-7153. Very good. That would sum that up good. Good. All right. So where are we at? We're at the first question. We're at the first question. And the first question is if you make an offer on a house and the owner comes back with a counter offer and you agree to it, can the owner still change his mind and sell it to someone else? Well, only everything's got to be in writing. So if the seller agreed in writing, he can't just change his mind. So if somebody... You mean an actual yeah, agreement of sale? They actually did an agreement of sale and everybody signed on the dotted line. No, he can't just walk out. He has to have a good reason. If somebody come in and offered him an extra 20 grand, he's locked in. It's a contract. When you write a contract... I always tell the agents, you write a contract like you're standing in front of your honor. This thing's supposed to hold up in court. So you can't just change your mind. This is a legal contract. So they're locked in. So uh, unless there's some extenuating circumstance that they can get out of it, no, they can't. What's the next one? 
The next question is, can you negotiate the price of a bank owned home? And there's not too many of them right now. I actually well, have all, one right now. All that doom and gloom about the rent and all the foreclosures. You don't even hear them mention it anymore. Remember, I I did a thing about it, like, I don't know, eight months ago when they were saying, ah, oh, there's going to be all these foreclosures and nobody's going to be able to pay the rent. Now you don't hear nothing about it at all. And back then, in reality, I told it was 3 to 5%. It was normal market stuff. But that's the media. But... If you do, if there is a foreclosure, yeah, you can negotiate the price, but you know, don't don't think uh, you put a settlement date forty five days out. It's probably going to happen because the banks operate at their own. They don't care about dates. It's when they get the things. When they get it, yeah. I mean, you can negotiate, but it's like any other negotiation, you know. So. Yes, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Okay, but, next like, question. Do you want to be involved in one of them? Right. Painstaking. Next question is, where can I find a real estate agent code of ethics? And if there is such a thing. Well, you can Google the National Association of Realtors and the code of ethics will come up. And uh, I used to really believe in the code of ethics and the National Association of Realtors and the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors, but... My experience over the last few years is if they're ethical when it's convenient. <laughs> moving I'll right get, along. I'll probably get in trouble for that one. Yeah, but moving can, right along. They can call Qu- me up if they want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four. Can a broker sign an exclusive buyer representation agreement with a buyer when the broker is actually representing the seller as a dual agent? Isn't this a conflict of interest? I don't think it's a conflict of interest because most of my sellers in my career, they wanted me to find a buyer and they wanted me in the middle. Now there's some brokers and, and the association of realtors and people think, ah, you can't be fair to both parties. Yes, you can. Ethics is you either have ethics or you don't, you can't teach ethics. They try to teach ethics. You can't teach an unethical person ethics. So, you know, like I always dealt with it. I'm not, I don't have enough time to explain how I would handle the whole deal, but you can do it. And and I'll tell you what, my buyer and my seller are always glad that I'm in the middle because they know this thing's, this thing's going to happen. So you can do it and you can do it ethically. Just ask Mark Cumberland. So. All right. That's right. That's all, right. all I have to say about that. All right, Mark. That. So coming up next is going to be our guest segment. And we have Evan Bowles, and he's from Progress Capital. And he's here to talk about construction loans, bridge loans, and how to handle our multifamily investments. Very good. I'm interested in that topic. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. We'll do it. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment today, and we are honored to have Evan Bowles, he's from Progress Capital. He's here to talk about construction loans, bridge loans, multifamily investments, and a little bit about of his company. And that stuff is booming. So how are you, Evan? 
Doing well. Happy to happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Mark and Deanne. Absolutely. So tell us uh, what's happening with that whole market. So it's been pretty productive. Uh, COVID didn't really hurt us as, you know, rates went down and refis went up. So, you know, we've been steady busy. And as the market comes back out of that, it's it's still rates are low and we're, we're doing well. We're busy over here. We're a small firm of about 20 of us. We do about $1.5 in debt placement every single year. So we're, you know, heavy at work. Um, we have uh, our in-house debt brokerage, which is our main point of business. Uh, spin off of that is we have our in-house bridge lending platform called Progress Direct. And then we also have a syndication part, which is run by uh, Adam and Dan Solanis. And they both, um, they'll raise money, purchase properties, they manage it. And, you know, it's a good way for investors to get some money put out and, you know, get an easy quarterly income. So that's kind of our three aspects. We have, we've been around since 1990. We've done about 45 billion in debt since then. And Kathy Anderson is our founder. She's great. She's always in here. We were, her doors open. Her and her son, uh, Brad, run the show. So you know, it's a good family-oriented place. We're all here, and we're we have an office in New York. We have an office in Florida, and we do stuff all over the country. That's good. And construction is booming. What market? What what market you think still in the most construction? <sighs> Honestly, I would still say New York. New York. We're doing a lot of multifamily in New York still. Huh. And multifamily in New York, uh, rentals are 92% in New York. Yeah, doing well. I know he's going up. And that market's a lot different than the Philadelphia market, whereas you're talking apartment buildings, not two-unit, three-unit, four-unit. You're talking major, major stuff. So Brad typically does the most work in New York, and he's doing, you know, big $40 million deals, $50 million deals, $100 million deals. So he's getting all those big portfolios, and it's – it's pretty impressive to see the numbers on those projects sure. and see how they run. <laughs> and you sp- and they used to do the property management also? Not on those. For the not syndication right. Right. part we do, but not on those. Just find the debt. And that's All a right. little bit different than the residential lending that I do. I mean, that's on besides the fact that it's on a much bigger scale, but most of the people are purchasing through a company, not necessarily an individual, right? Or or a REIT or yeah, when you see those bigger people, you'll typically, you know, they have their own website. They've been doing this for 20, 25 years. They're typically developers, and, you know, they have multiple projects underneath them with, you know, a plethora of partners and institutional money. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a big scale. Yeah. It sounds Re- like Investing it. in that kind of real estate, I've been seeing the advertisements on TV about people, uh, individuals just getting involved in that kind of investment, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Especially with the rates now, even with commercial. The commercial rates are yeah. great. Oh, they're great. Very well, especially there. You know, they get the Life Coast stuff down, you know, low 2%. It's pretty, it's, you know, you can't beat it, especially for those guys. They're they're jumping all over it. So we've been staying busy in that aspect. So, you know, when, when a deal comes in for us, just to take you guys through how we deal with it. So as it comes in, we'll get, you know, typically the operating memorandum, which breaks down, you know, the sale, the rent roll, the expenses, from there, we'll do our own underwriting on our side, go back to the client, have a phone call with them, discuss how we see the value at, and then from there, we can go get quotes. Once we agree on a value and how the underwriting came out, we'll go get quotes. What we do with those quotes is we'll present them to the borrower, you know, pre-negotiated, nothing really happened yet. If they pick out a quote they like, we can go back to the lender with, you know, a little bit of negotiation, you know, maybe a lower rate. Do they want interest only for a few years? 
stuff like that. And then once we pick something, we'll go through some of the financials, make sure that, you know, they're qualified for a term sheet from this lender before they lock themselves in and get something signed. So we'll typically get a PFS, you know, real estate owned schedule on the borrower. They want to check out their experience, their liquidity to make sure that they can cover, you know, the debt on the project. Once we get it signed up, we help the client. We gather all the financials, get them over. We get, you know, the entity docs, org charts, um, certificate of formation, operating agreement, SS4, employee identification number, you know, just to get a whole gist of where this is going to go, make sure that, you know, the, the borrower is, is worthy. From there, we can take it back, goes into bank underwriting. Once that gets approved, we go into legal, title, closing, and commitment and get it to the closing table. So what Progress does really well is we serve as a relationship and a liaison between the borrower and the bank so that we can handle most of the negotiations, the talking, the forms, filling out paperwork to free up the time for these investors. So where you have these guys that are looking for their next property, and they're, they're not bundled up in all this paperwork, and we get to alleviate that for them. Do you... Uh uh, what kind of down payments are are these kind of investors fa- faced with? We will typically see seventy five percent loan to value. Oh, really? Yep. When that's on the purchase, though, construction you can get one hundred percent of the hard costs, and they'll come have to come out of pocket pocket typically one hundred percent of their own on the soft costs. And, and the sellers on this kind of stuff are they doing like ten thirty one exchanges and? Yeah, we see a lot of that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So those bigger guys that I was talking about are definitely trying to roll that money over into something else typically. Yeah, try to avoid that capital gain, especially with this new guy. He wants 39.6%, which is very scary. (laughs) (laughs) How long long does the process generally take? For what type of loan? One of the ones that you're saying, like let's say an apartment complex. Um, Straight multifamily, I would say... 45 to 60 days That's not bad. from signed term yeah. sheet. Yeah. So say give a week or two to get underwriting and quotes in, get our discussion down with the borrower, make sure they're, you know, we're going in the right path that they want to go right. on. And then once we get that term sheet to sign, I'd say 45 to 60 days. As long as you got the if money, no you can make it move. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's finding that money is the key. Exactly. And then we have our, like I was telling you, progress direct. So what we do is, uh, DN, you know Kyle. You met yep. Kyle. He runs he runs the Progress Direct, which is our in house bridge lending platform. So obviously, you know they can't always do everything. So we do have outside sources, but you know if we can get it through Kyle, we we like to do that because we get to utilize our investors' money. We get to utilize our in house money, and you know Kyle can close in as little as two weeks. He's very quick. He's great. So you know if we can get him to do the deal. That's typically where we try to go. Are you running into any inventory issues in that market? No. No? It's constant. The only the only issue you really see with the the direct lending is this is a borrower. Sometimes, you know, even though it's low docs, quick, sometimes, you know, they're just not qualified. It's never the buyer. Much... <laughs> 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 or the property, honestly. Sometimes the property is so right. Mark, I had um, I had met Evan and Kyle on a um, I sponsored a hole on a golf tournament, and it was when I was telling you make a shot, take a shot, and give us a shot on your next deal. Except the only problem was everybody wanted to do shots with me. So, <laughs> like an hour into the event, I was toasted. There you go. That was. That was a good word. <laughs> I think we got to you about an hour and a half into the event. 
So, uh, like, in the how much how much are you seeing in the Philly market, Philly metro market? So the Philly market is actually something we're trying to break into a little bit. So um, when I met Deanne, that was obviously a great connect, and she sent me a few deals, which was nice. And Kyle actually went to school out there. So, you know, we, we were trying to dive into some more networking events. But personally, I have not done much in Philly. I know Kyle has a few bridge loans that he's doing there. So, you know, this is when Deanne called me last week. I figured this would be a great opportunity for me to get on here and get some exposure to the Philly market. Yeah, absolutely. What about, what about commercial office space? Because I, uh, since COVID, I know that a lot of people have had problems with vacancy rates and stuff like that. Are you seeing yeah. uh, seeing opportunities for purchases in that market? Definitely, but it's going to come down to it's tough to really get the loan unless you have leases in place that are super long, super long leases or even tenants like national tenants that are big firms that you can trust that are going to be in that space. Because right now with with COVID going on, it's it's tough for lenders to get comfortable with lending to, you know, smaller firms or, you know, you see a property that has a lot of turnover. They're kind of steering away from it, honestly. So it really comes down to having a really clean deal for office. Yeah, because I, I know there are, like, a lot of people uh, bought up a lot of office space, and then COVID hit, and everybody started working remotely, and all of a sudden, they got all this extra space. So Exactly. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you. So my email is evan, E-V-A-N, at progresscapital.com, capital with an A. Uh, my phone number is 732-539-539. Five four six one. You can also go on our website, progresscapital.com. We do blog posts. We have all our recent updated um, content, recent closings. You can meet the team. You can see the founder and learn a little bit about the firm. We keep our website. It's always active, so it's a really good place to get a, a good look at yeah, our Yeah, it's a firm. great website. What's the, small, what's the smallest apartment building you do? We typically try to stay above a million, but if we're going to have repeat clients, we're happy to go below that because we know the business is coming afterwards. All right. Very, very good. good. Thank I, you, Evan. I have some people looking. You're welcome. All right. All right. Thanks, Evan. Coming up next is... Of course. Thanks You're for very me. welcome. You're welcome. Coming up next is our topic of the day, the 80-20 rule, and it's not a math problem. All right. So that was very interesting. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day and the 80-20 rule. It's not a math problem. I figured I'd revisit this because it's 2022 and, you know, a lot of people don't do their business plan until midnight <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Right. You should do it in October. That's what you should do. But anyway, this 80-20 rule is so important. And I teach it constantly, and I'm always, personally, I try to stay in the 20%. But it's an old rule. It goes back to the 14th century. There was a philosopher named Pareto, and he realized that 80% of wealth in Italy was owned by 20% of the people. And then he started looking at everything else in your life. And everything in your life has the 80-20 rule, including your personal life. Now, in business, 
the 20% makes you all the money and the 80% is the busy work. So like as realtors, you know, the 20% is getting the buyer or the seller and the 80% is running around showing houses, doing paperwork, sending emails, ordering calendars and all the usual stuff they do. That makes you no money. And, but, and in your social life, I'll give you a fast social example. You have a party at your house. You invite all your friends. You get the house ready, the drinks ready, the food ready. Everybody shows up for five or six hours. And out of that, you're still the host. And if you actually sat down and thought about it, probably a half an hour, an hour, maybe an hour and a half of that time made it all worthwhile to you. That was the 20%. Then they all leave and you're back cleaning up the mess and you're back in the 80%. So... In reality, what you got to do is try to stay in the 20%. And how you stay in the 20% is you attach a dollar amount to it. So if you're making 100 grand a year, you take 100 grand, divide it by 52 by 40, and that makes you worth $48 an hour. And most people don't think like this, especially small business people. And once, like my number is 225. So every time I'm doing something that's not getting me to where I'm going, it's costing me $225. And like landlords like this, like we were talking about a friend of mine that has a 100 unit building, running around picking up toilets, you know, like they're probably worth like over $200 an hour and they're doing 80% work. You know, you hire somebody for that. Like, like you, you should not be cleaning a house. You should have a maid because for you to clean the house is probably costing you $200 an hour. But. You got to have your little mitts on it, so it makes it hard to stay in the 20%. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. I'm trying to make this quick. So the whole point <laughs> is, once you attach a dollar amount to your time, your time is always has a dollar amount attached to it. So, you know, there's a lot of things that if you focus and think like, imagine if you woke up every day and did the 20% first which would probably take you less than an hour if you're a good lead generator and knock that out and then you did the rest of the stuff. But that's not how the average small person works. They come in and they get caught in the 80% because it's like fly paper. And the next thing you know, it's 2.30 in the afternoon and they didn't get done the big lead thing to get more business that they wanted to get done. Like, I'll give you a fast example. People go on vacation. So what do they do? They clean up everything on their desk. So when they go away for a week, nobody bothers them. Imagine if you thought like that every day. And you did what was important first thing in the morning. And then you took care of the 80%. The 80% always gets done. I am terrible at the 80%. I have people that do. I don't want to do the 80%. I don't want to do the 80%. I don't like getting caught in the 80%. Right. But I'm good at the 20%. So I try to stay in the 20%. Every once in a while, we revisit this issue. And it's just something that you you should actually print one out, hang it on your wall if you're a business person. So you got to keep seeing the 80 20 to remind you to stay in the 20%. Because the 80, 80% will always get done. All right. As always, that was I a great topic. I kept it short and sweet. You did. You did. <laughs> Mark, so we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A. And today we're going to talk about transitioning back and forth. And here we go again. I know. So how are you, Dr. Abelson? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you guys doing? We're all right. And it's, you know, this, every time something happens with this whole virus scenario, it's impacting business. So give us your thoughts on 
you know, are we going to be transitioning back or are we going to be going remotely again? And what do you I think the safest I think the safest thing to think about is that this thing is not over yet. It's almost getting to be like the flu. Uh, but instead of every fall, it's like every spring and fall. So I think what we need to do is we need to look at the different behavioral styles and how people react to this uncertainty, okay, and, and how to deal with whether you're going to be working at home with your kids there or your kids are back at school or whether you're going to be working at an office or whether you're not going to be working at all. You know, so there, there are all those different aspects. So let's just briefly look at the DIS and C in relationship to that. With, with, with the D, what's going to happen is typically if they're very intense, they're going to be short-tempered and they're going to be the most difficult ones to deal with. All right. So what you're going to need to do is to do what is referred to as a realistic job preview. And a lot of leaders like to think that they are in control of things. Nobody's in control of this thing. So what you need to do is you need to realize that you're not in control. And if somebody has a problem, says, hey, let's talk about it. I can't guarantee anything. I don't know whether I'm going to have the damn thing tomorrow. All right. You know, so there's all this uncertainty that's going on. So with the D, you just need to do it. You just need to be straight with them uh, and just, you know, hold your tongue. So if they start blasting you, uh, then you just sit there and take it for a little while. Let them. It's called catharting in the psychology field where people just get off their energy. Okay. All right. For the eyes, they're going to be optimistic. We'll be able to handle this. It's not a big deal. You know, those types of things. Um, you might want to do some realistic with them, too. And that is, yeah, we're glad you're really optimistic. We're glad that this is something that you're ready for. Help us do it. But don't be too optimistic because other people aren't as optimistic as you. All right. The S's are always supportive. They're always the type of people that help other people. Let them be the ones that talk to other people to help them, you know, deal with it. Instead of the manager spending all the time trying to deal with this. If the manager and the leader or the boss is spending all their time trying to soothe everybody and make people comfortable, none of the work's going to get done. And as far as the C's are, are concerned, what you need to do is give them the facts. Don't get too emotional. Just give them the facts. Uh, Tell them what you're planning on doing. Tell them you don't know whether that's going to work or not because you don't. And then ask for their feedback and ask them to give you input into what's happening for them. Get, keep away from feelings, but what's happening for them uh, because that's how the C's like to look at the world. Right. I actually saw heard some good news today that in the UK, they think they've peaked and it's going down. So hopefully something like that's going to happen here soon. So... Well, hopefully, with, I mean, that's with the Omicron. I mean, I live in Austin, as you guys know, and we're now at level five, which is the highest level um, uh, as far as uh, safety and security is concerned. And it's really weird. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in my car right now, but I'm about to walk out and I've got a dual mask, even though I have both vaccinations and, and the booster. Um, so the, the easiest thing to do is just to is, is just to do what you can do um, and then just grin and bear it as to whatever happens, because nobody's in control of this thing. No. So I tell how to get a hold of you, doctor. It's real easy. Just Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net or Abelson at Abelson.net, which is my email. Give me a holler. I'd be delighted to talk with you. And we have all kinds of great tools and training and consulting to help you deal with what's happening now with engagement, disengagement, and anything that deals with the human resource. Very good. All right. Thank you, doctor. Great. Thank you, Dr. Ray. Be safe. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and our sponsors, especially Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, been with us forever. And we have a few new sponsors coming on. And you can listen to this show and every other show at our website. And our our thoughts go out to the Anna Green family with their loss. We really are going to miss Anna. But with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsarish, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All, all positive, positive, all, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.